Hey, good evening, guys, and welcome to the Morbid Download, episode 12. So, we're meeting with Ben Sheriff today, local builder, tradesman, construction. Uh, we're going to talk about his journey and how he's using social media to get up and about, all the charity works that he tends to do on a regular basis, how he's trying to help people and give back to the community all the time. Uh, say hello, Ben, give an intro. All right, nice, nice to be with you tonight, Chris. Uh, so basically what we're going to do, to, we're going to talk about where you started and how it all began into the building trade because obviously everyone knew that your dad used to do it but then you went down a different pathway a little bit in the middle didn't you? So. Yeah, yeah that's right. So um, I, I've, I was sort of built, my dad had a company um, and he, he was a builder sort of all all his life as and all my life should I say as, mm. as, as I know. Um, and that was all, all I really wanted to do. I just wanted to do, do what my dad did, really. I just wanted to be a builder. I used to love going to work with him during some holidays when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, and helping him out. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. But, you know, my mum and dad were quite adamant that, you know, um, it's a hard trade, it's hard on your body, it's a hard way to earn a living. And academically, although I, I just messed about a lot of school, um, I was very bright. So, I went to college and thought, right, I'll, I'll do some A-levels. So, I started doing my A-levels, but I didn't really, I didn't really connect with the lecturers and, and the subject matter. But uh, you didn't find it motivating? No, it, I wasn't motivated to do it particularly, um, but I, I did like the idea of being a primary school teacher. That was sort of yeah. like my plan B. Uh, I was quite enthusiastic about that that was something I wanted to do so that was why I went to do these A-levels but um, I got in a band at college learned to play guitar and just ended up in the pub basically yeah and all the time all the time <laughs> and, and never ever went to my lectures so I got booted out of college um, my dad woke me up the next day and says look if you think you're sitting on your backside and not doing anything, you got nothing coming, you, you're coming to work with me. Um, and so I went to work with my dad full time and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I eventually did a, um, an apprenticeship in Brick Lane. I did that for a couple of years um, and just just enjoyed working with my dad every day, really. We were like best mates and a really highly skilled tradesman. He won Master Builder of the Year a couple of times and things like that. So. Um, I learnt a lot while I was there, um, and then I went on to do a HNC in construction, um, and then I sort of left the academic yeah. thing for a bit, um, and just concentrated on site, and I did that for you know numerous years, and then my dad's ill health sort of forced him to retire really, and the recession was like really hard. Um, for us, we struggled as a business, yeah. and so I said to my dad, "Look, um, I can see you struggling to keep me on here. I'll go find a job elsewhere." Yeah. So I ended up working in a factory in Misha making plastic car parts. Yeah, okay. Um, and I did that for a bit, but it blew my mind. I couldn't. Was that a bit of your rock bottom moment? Yeah, it was. It was. It was crushing, really. Um, but it was sort of take one for the team. Yeah. I could see my dad struggling to support us as a family. And, you know, he was having to generate my wages and his. Yeah. So I felt it was my moral obligation to sort of... And it's hard to take that step, step away, away, isn't it? So Yeah, it is. 
it, it, it was, it, I think it was difficult for my dad as well because he was then left on his own yeah. with ill health, struggling. Yeah. He'd had a heart attack and a stroke as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it was difficult for him. And I just got sick of the place and I thought, sod it, I'm going to go on my own. Yeah. So I started my own company in the height of a recession. Because um, that's the best time to start one, isn't that it? That is the best time to start a company when you've never done any business before or or whatever. Or well, when everybody's struggling, you might as well think, well, everybody else is struggling, I'll just jump in there and uh, yeah. try and make it better. Because everybody's got to come out the other side eventually, haven't they? you just got to outlast them. That's right. So I did that. I ended up just working for nothing because it, it, people were going out there working for nothing because everyone was desperate. All the lads off site had come out and it was crap really. So I ended up working at Tesco then. Yeah. So my, what, while doing your building work? While work? doing my yeah. building work. And I was doing my building work and then working Tesco in the evenings uh, on a Sunday just to try and pay my mortgage because my mortgage at the time was astronomical. Yeah. Um, it was £780 a month just for me. More, I know that's people's rent now, but we're talking like 12 years we're ago. Back in the day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you could rent a four bed for 400 quid then. Yeah. Um, but not now. And um, me me and Jenny, we really struggled. We had Dexter, our, our first child. Yeah. And things were hard, really hard. Um, so yeah, I did Tesco for a bit and then I thought, sod it. I walked into Tesco at nights one evening and I, asked, I wanted to speak to the nights manager and I said, I want a job on nights, like, and he says, well, we haven't got any jobs. I says, well, you will have. I says, because if you employ me, I says, you can sack off of these here. I says, because <laughs> I'll work 10 times harder than what anyone here will. Yeah. And um, the guy's name was Fat, and I think he admired my tenacity and my cheek yeah. and he gave me a trial and uh, I went and worked for him one night and he, get, he gave me a full-time job on nights so I went working full-time on nights then yeah. at Tesco and you know what I quite enjoyed that yeah um, what did you enjoy about it though um, it was good people I like the challenge I I was always trying to get things it was hard work I'll tell you what it's them people in them supermarkets work hard on nights yeah. they really work because you've got to get it all out before 6am for the morning they graft, mm. they graft it, it was hard work. And uh, that's what I enjoyed, I enjoyed the hard graft. I didn't have to think, I didn't have any responsibility, it was decent money, and the people I worked with were wonderful. I had some, worked with some brilliant people. Um, so yeah, I quite enjoyed that, but then I, after a bit, it was like, I was caged in my mind, it was like, I was, with no disrespect to anyone, I was too intelligent to be doing a job yeah. like that. And I couldn't shelve my brain anymore. I would, I would overcomplicate a job just to just to make it interesting. Yeah. Or try and time trial myself to put things out as fast as I could because yeah. just because the attention span was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I've got to do something here. So I thought, what can I do? Well, I then decided, okay, I might try to teach you to think about go. Yeah. So you went back to the teaching. So I walked into Burton College and I said, right, I want to be a teacher. What do I do? And I don't think they took me quite seriously, but they put me on this um, this 12-week course called the Pittles. And I went and did that. And um, you have to do like a micro-teaching, right? Yeah. So like you, you teach all the other people in the class, you do a lesson. And I did this lesson. Oh, my God, it bombed. 
Yeah. It was like a grade four, which is the worst, right? Yeah. And um, I was, I was really. Why did it bomb though? Well, looking back, I can see why it bombed. Yeah, but not at the time though. We'll, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to that yeah. a bit later. <laughs> it will make a bit more sense then. And the lecturer said to me, "says Ben, I really want you to have a think about whether this is right for you. You know, whether teaching is going to be your thing." And I was like, "Right, okay." Um, but she said, "I'm going to give you another chance because you've got to score at least." A certain score percentage to, isn't it? to pass pass the course. I was like, okay then. Meanwhile, in this time, I've managed to bag myself some voluntary hours um, at Burton College down at the construction path. Yeah. Um, so I was working voluntary three days a week while working full time nights. Yeah. And then at the weekends, occasionally doing bits of building work for people. Yeah. So I was so like, your whole life was took up then. Yeah, I was absolutely slammed. Absolutely slammed. Like, I've never been so busy my whole life, really. We've not earning much. We've not earning much money. I wasn't earning, yeah. I was only, only got the Tesco income, really, other than the bits and bobs on yeah. a Saturday. Um, and I try not to do too much of that because I was knackered. Yeah, I needed exactly. some family time as well. So, Louise, her name was, I can't remember her surname, Louise. She was a lovely woman. And she come out to see me again. And she discussed, discussed about where I'd sort of gone wrong. And I did this other lesson, and um, it went fantastic. Yeah. And I think it went fantastic because I was, I was with a different clientele. I was with younger people. Whereas before, I was teaching adults. Yeah. Um, and now I was teaching teenagers. And... I absolutely aced it. She, she couldn't believe it. She said that I got the top mark. She said it's absolutely brilliant, you know, yeah. absolutely fantastic. And I'd sort of learned from that where I'd gone wrong. Yeah. And I was trying too much to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I passed that course and I was like, well, what do I do next then? You know, what, how do I progress next? So, I had to do this other course where I had to um, go in for a whole day a week. So then I lost a day a week. Yeah. I couldn't work for that <laughs> that day. Yeah. Plus, I'd got to keep my voluntary hours up to do the course. You have to hit so many voluntary hours. Yeah. So I'd lost a day's work. Plus, I'd got less and less money. Yeah. And then, so I'd got to pump me. I was working, like, Saturday and Sunday. So the pressure's going Yeah, the pressure's going off. And, you know, it's just all a struggle. But we're, we're still floating. We're still doing all right. You yeah. know what I mean? Um... I get quite away through that course and I'm starting looking at teaching jobs just out of interest. And I see this one at, um, at Stafford College, teaching construction. Um, wood, wood basically said um, level one, woodwork and brickwork. I was like, okay, <laughs> I can do woodwork, yeah, yeah. do brickwork. So... I thought, okay, I'll apply for the job just for a little bit of interview experience yeah. to see what I'm coming across. It don't matter if I don't get it, I'll do that. I went for the interview and I had to do, I had to teach a lesson as part of the interview. Now, if you had a bricklaying qualification, yeah. you had to teach a lesson on woodwork. Yeah, yeah. If you had a woodwork qualification, you had to teach a lesson on the brickwork because you only when you do an apprenticeship you only use yeah, that yeah. one certificate and um, I I knew like basic construction woodwork like yeah. stud walls 
Um, I could put roofs on and things like that. But in terms of car, like carpentry, like and joinery, in terms yeah. of proper different joints. And stuff yeah, like that, yeah. No way. Yeah. But Jenny's um, stepdad. He he's pretty good with wood. He, he knows he knows his stuff. Yeah. I was like, right, right, this is the lesson I've got to teach. How do I do it? Yeah. So I spent an hour with him in his workshop and showed me what I've got to do. And uh, the next day was this lesson. I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Taught the lesson, uh, did the interview. I'd not even got back home from Stafford, and they're ringing me on the phone telling me I got the job. Yeah. And it was a considerable amount of money. So I just. Jacked everything else off and went teaching. Okay. So the, the building work stopped and everything then? Everything stopped. All I did was teaching. Yeah. And Unless, like, the occasional friend or something asked me to go do a bit of work for it. Yeah. So I got stuck into this teaching, and I was aware that I kind of blagged my way in. Do you know what I mean? Because um, when you were there, you were like, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't do know all this. I, I knew I was out of my depth because I hadn't even got a teaching qualification. Yeah. Right? I'd literally just pass his 12-week little course. Yeah, the petal thing. I didn't really have a clue what I was doing. But, you know, sometimes you've got to fake it till you make well, it. Well, yeah, you have. Um, and I was taking over in the woodwork, this this uh, wonderful gentleman called Stan. And he was teaching um, kids from a pupil referral unit. So these kids are all kids that have been booted out of disengaged, school. Disengaged. Yeah, disengaged. They're, they've got massive problems. Yeah. He was wonderful with these kids. He had the best man, so much patience, but absolutely fantastic carpenter. Yeah. And um, after a week or two, I said, I sh- shadowed him basically and helped yeah. him. I had him for uh, six weeks. After the second week, I said, Stan. I'm coming straight up with you. I don't know anything about woodwork. <laughs> not, not, not really anything about in detail, woodwork yeah. in detail. He's like, don't worry about it. Um, we'll sort it out. He says, meet me. After you finish work, come, come back and meet me. Because he was a technician as well. So we had to sort out all the timbers for the next day. Well, Stan spent every single night with me. He taught me everything on the course and got me absolutely bang on. Yeah. So I was doing things at the level three um, carpentry apprentices were doing after a couple of weeks. It, yeah. it got me absolutely bang on. I was using all the tools and everything like that, so I could I could do the practical side. Then that gave me some real confidence. And then it was time for Stan to leave, <laughs> and that bit just went. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, and I just sort of really learnt from him. He he was never a teacher. He never had any teaching qualification. He was sort of forced into that role yeah. because nobody else wanted to do it. Yeah. And it was his manner, the way that he came across, he and, he came across people. and he treated people. That was why he did so well and why these kids engaged with it. And I learned off that. Yeah. I mean, um, you've taught that into your business as well, the way you treat some people and stuff like course, that. Of course, yeah. Uh, with more patience and trying to help people out. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was, I was a bit of a lad at school and stuff yeah. like that. And still now, if you, if, if you ruffle me, you even get smacked around the face yeah. or I'm going to shout at you. There's one of them two things yeah. happening. I've got a short temper. So your best way is to speak calmly to me. <laughs> be sound. If you sound with me, I'm sound with you. Yeah. But if you upset me, I'm going to get upset. Or all your employees listen to this, you know. <laughs> they, they know. They, do they know, do they? They see me explode every now and again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But, you know, that's the same anywhere, mm. you know, if um, that's what makes you human, isn't it? And, um, yeah, 
so I did really well in the teaching. Long story short, I, I won an award and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, off the off the principal because I've got all these grade ones and things like that, and I absolutely loved it. I was some of the best times of my life doing that teaching. And um, after a bit, I just felt it was time for me to to move on. And the, the rest that because you got bored of it, no, or you'd done everything no. that you could do in that job, or I felt that it wasn't really for you. No, no, it was for me. I still yeah. to this day I love it. I just didn't. I had a dream once to be a builder. Yeah. And I shelved it. Yeah. And I couldn't help thinking, what if? Just like Bob the Builder. And yeah, just like <laughs> Bob the Builder, I had a dream just like him. Yeah. And uh, was it Scoop and Dizzy? Yeah. They were with me as well. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we were all in on the stream. So I thought, right, recession's over. I've got a chance now. I could do this. Yeah. So I started building up my work again at the weekends. Then I knocked off some hours at the college, built it up again. Then I managed to save. Um, I've got about two weeks' wages saved up, which when you've got no money and living on the breadline is a lot yeah, of money. So I've got two weeks' money. Um, we've got a Skoda Fabia, a 1.9 diesel. Um, I put a tow bar on it and I built a trailer out of a mini axle. Yeah. Um, and that was the start. Yeah. So I was. So yeah, but what did you tell customers when you went up to their thing in a yeah. trailer and your little Skoda? So yeah, <laughs> I was going out past these jobs looking at professional switch and all this, you know, giving it the big one like you do when yeah. you're selling. Turning up to the job, got got this old um, mini axle trailer on the back of a, a Skoda, and they'd be like, "Oh, where's your truck?" I'd be like, "Engine's blown up. It's at the garage." You know, so I've had to borrow the missus' car and make do sort of thing. Yeah. Kept that up for about six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people accept that, though, don't they? It's like, what? Yeah. So, but, but it is funny how, like, the the image of what they expect, it does have some kind of judgmental sort of side of it, doesn't it? Oh, always, yeah. yeah. I mean, back then, I went out switch. Like, yeah, yeah. I was clean-shaven, I looked sharp, I always wore... Yeah, you're not that now. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we'll come to that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's how I used to go about. I could have been anybody in the world when I went to price that job. I yeah. used to park the Skoda up the road, right? I could have turned up in a Mercedes, they would not know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I could have turned up in a Ferrari, they wouldn't have known. I just looked sharp. And um, I eventually managed to buy this old Ford Ranger. Yeah. Right? I bought it off my dad. He'd yeah. been using it for moving hay bales about. Yeah. It was rusty. <laughs> it was battered. But it was a truck. It was a truck. And it that's all that mattered. Was, no, at the time. Yeah. He did me a favour on it. He cut himself short on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, he sold me that for 1200 quid. It was battered. Mm. And so I got a truck. And I went on with that. Went on with the truck for a bit. And then I was really starting to get some bigger jobs because when I started I was just doing little bits of guttering, maintenance and things like that. Yeah, like home improvement stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I started to get like... Um, Is this just off the back of the truck, you're saying? I don't think it's off no. the back <laughs> of the truck. I did... I, this yeah. Italian guy, yeah, and Jerry, when I was first in business, I went and did a bit of a wall for him. Yeah. And uh, he rang me up out of the blue and he says, Ben, I, I want a patio, dude. Can you, can you do me a patio? I was like, yeah, Jerry, I'll come and do that. But he hadn't even known I'd gone out, out of business and come back into no. it. And so I went on this um, patio for Jerry and um, I posted it on, on my Facebook page. Well, that was it. 
I got bloody patios coming out my ear holes. Yeah. Except for Jerry's was a tiny little patio. The ones I was going out and pricing were humongous, some of them. Yeah. So I thought, right, I'll advertise for an apprentice. And um, I got a brilliant young lad. So yeah, 90% of my success came from having George. Yeah. So George, George come work for me and I was determined to set a good role model. I was straight edge then. I didn't didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do nothing, you know yeah. what I mean? I was like straight edge. I was well into my motivational stuff and tried to roll back on, on George and we motivated each other, we worked hard, you know, and he was a cracking young lad. And um, we started doing the patios and bits of brick walls and stuff like that. And then I eventually managed somehow to um, to get an extension. Yeah. I don't know how I did it. I think some, somebody had said, oh, Ben's got a build or something and got an extension. And it was always my dream, really. Where I saw myself was a guy that went out doing little home extensions all the time. That's what I wanted to do. So that was like the start of something when I got that. And we've done that one. And then we got another one off that. And then I took on um, George's mate, Brandon. Yeah. So me, George and Brandon, we started doing doing these extensions and things. We still got the patios coming in and the maintenance jobs as well. We're getting fairly busy. And uh, a guy I used to work with at the college, Carl, um, he... he, he he had said to me at one point he was pretty fed up with that. Yeah. So I searched for Carl on Facebook and tried yeah. to get in touch with him, managed to find him. Yeah. And I said, Carl, do you want a job? Because <laughs> <laughs> we've got loads of work on and I know you're like a fantastic tradesman. Yeah. Carl come to work for me. That was the biggest risk I ever took in my life. Yeah. So I said to Carl. Why was it the biggest risk? As in. Because I was paying Carl good money. Yeah. Real good money, and I got to have the work to come in. I got to have the work to come in, and I've got to make the profit to pay for it. And you know, George's wage was very little because he was an apprentice. Brandon's yeah, yeah. was very little because he was an apprentice. apprentice. So you know, the whole like your first proper employment. Yeah, exactly. And so it was a massive risk, and I was, I was straight up with Carl. I said, Carl, I says this might last three months. Says it might last six months. I says, God knows. I said, let's just go, see if we get till September, and then we'll review it when we get there. Yeah. And I think he was a bit dubious, <laughs> but I think he hated working where he was working, so he was like, it's on it. Yeah, exactly. I'll go for it. Because at the end of the day, you can always find work to a certain degree, kind of. Yeah. And if you've got that approach that you can always find work, then you're not so worried about where you are. It's yeah. if you get attached to the money side of things too much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because when my dad got made uh, redundant of the pit and stuff, and he couldn't understand why people were out of work because then he went straight into another job. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you've always got that positive mindset saying, well, I could just go into another job or just go into another job. As long as you're not bothered about how much you're doing in the short term and you work towards your goals in long term, like you did Tesco's and then you still did your building work on the side sort of thing to try and get that going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're still moving forward, aren't you, constantly? It is that. It's, you, don't, you don't adjust the, the goal. You adjust the... Um sort of steps that are taken to reach that yeah, goal, exactly. don't you? you yeah. The prize always remains. You have different tracks, don't you? Yeah. It's like, like the World Cup, isn't it? The yeah. prize is the prize. Yeah. You, it doesn't matter who you've got to play, you've got to play. No, exactly to get to get there. There. So, and that's what you got to do. It's that, that's the best analogy for it, really. And I think that's what people get obsessed with when, you know, starting business, like, well, I've got to do it this way. But why do you have to do it that way, though? Because someone else did it that way, and I'm just following that. But no, you will. You've got to look at eight different pathways, 
because that one might not work out. So then you've just got to say, well, I'll just try this way then and try this way. So it's like backup plans or backup plans, isn't it? Yeah, you're exactly right. Mm. Um, I mean, you've got to go gung-ho anyway, but... I think um, sort of experience comes through poor judgment. Yeah, by failing a lot. Yeah, so poor judgment and failing creates experience. You need experience to be good. And to, to and you've got to put yourself out there to get experience. Though. So you've got to try new stuff. You've got to be out there and say, well, I'll just give that a go. And if it doesn't work out, I'll deal with the crap on the desk when it arrives. Yeah, I, d- I don't think I was even that motivated because I think I was just that down and out at the time and just thought, I've got nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally got nothing to lose. Well, you'd already been at the bottom, though. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? You always know what the crap, yeah. the, the sewers were sort of thing. Well, so what? the only way was up. My, my thing that I was to Jen, now, Jen's always, always good with me. She, she'd say, oh, I can't believe you're doing this, like, why don't you just stay? Every, my mum and dad were so upset with me for quitting me, quitting my teaching job. You know, they were so proud. I went and, I went and did a degree in education, and yeah. I got a degree in education. My mum was proud as a bunch of her boys got a degree. <laughs> I wasn't even bothered about doing a degree. The only reason I did it was for my mum, you know what I mean? Yeah. I had no intention of doing it. I just did it to make her happy so she could have me on special day with stupid bloody yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, you don't do things to make other people happy now, do you? Um, I do. Well, you do it in your job, but you know, you sometimes the way you come across and stuff like that, you're not really bothered around people's opinions of you as much. No, I'm not. Yeah. I think I spent a lot of my early days in business trying to trying to be this big professional guy and do, look a do, do way, yeah, look it? away, act a certain way, things like that. And I, I quickly learned that you know what, I'm damn good at what I do. Yeah, I don't need all this crap yeah. to sell my work. Let me let me work do the talking, mm-hmm. and we've never had any advertising because we couldn't afford it in those early days, other than our Facebook page. Yeah. So yeah. every time I did a job, I posted stuff on that, and it spoke for itself. Yeah. And it always has done. And I always go out to a, a job, and I look at, it, I say, right, how many references you want? You can have them until for the last four years if you want. Every job I've done for the last four years, go just pick them. Yeah. I give them, I give them a couple of pictures and say, which one do you want to look at? And go out and look at them, speak to the customer, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've got no no problems. We all make mistakes. We all get things wrong. Yeah. I do that more than anyone. It's better if you move forward from it, though, and not repeat it, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah, there is that. But I think when you've got a passion about something. Yeah. And I am really passionate about more. I know the way I come across sometimes. It doesn't (laughs) quite show that, but... If I was a bin man, I'd want to be the best bin man I ever was. Yeah. When I was at Tesco, I want to be the best bloody Tesco is, worker ever. Is that more of a competitive edge, though? Yeah. Being the best that you well, get it is, competitive yeah. edge. I am naturally competitive. Yeah. And, um, and I think if you if you go self-employed or you go down the self-employment route, like I do a lot. I say a lot with the PTs that I talk to. I say, well, what are all the other PTs doing around you? And I, I said, there's got to be some focus on concentrating on what you're doing. But if you don't know what the market's doing then you've got to be open to like changing the ways that you work to fit the market that's out there at that moment in time, isn't it? There is that, but what I've learned over time is, so when I first took on Carl, I saw Carl as a, another me, Yeah. right? I thought, right, what I need to do is find another one of me and we can do twice as much work and then twice yeah. Well, it don't work out like that. No, it doesn't. Because Carl's got different skill sets to me. He's a totally different man to me. He yeah. does. He likes to do things his own way, blah, blah, blah. And so <laughs> I learned once my team started to grow, like 
you don't actually need to have certain set skills. So to be self-employed, you don't need to be confident. You don't need to have, no. be competitive at all because you employ people who are competitive in whatever area you need to be competitive in and then do it for you. But in the beginning, you just want that band. So yeah. That's where it's got to come in. The driver's got to come from somewhere, hasn't it? Well, the driver's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. You, you won't ever go to be self-employed unless you've got a certain amount of no, no, ambition. No, exactly. Because... I do, but there is a... You understand there's a high dropout of self-employment, isn't it? They have a go at it, but then they don't stick at it long enough to, like, get through the shitty years. Um, You, you don't go self-employed and then just make it, do you? I don't, know, I, I don't think everybody's... He's right for it. I think a lot of people borrow a lot of money, start a business on other people's money. Yeah. Um, which works out sometimes. Yeah. But the best way in business, from my opinion, now I'm not saying I'm any great businessman or whatever. I've just failed and learned things as I've gone along yeah. and it's working all right for me at the minute. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, so I'm not saying I'm no Alan Sugar or anything like that. But a business that's built on debt is already a business that's in, in, in failing, in, is failing already from day one. Yeah. And so our business, as big as we've ever grown, we have never, ever borrowed a penny. Off See, that's penny. amazing, isn't it? Not off my mum, not off my dad. We have never borrowed a penny. I'm not ever cheating a customer. We've always stayed 100% legit. Yeah. People look at our vans and say, oh, scabby little vans, <laughs> yeah. right? And, you know, they take the mickey, but they're paying £300 a month for their full connect to look posh, yeah. and that's losing money. Yeah, exactly. That £1,500 van out there is earned £1,500 quid a thousand times, times over, and it will still keep going. It will look scabby, and they can keep laughing, but people don't laugh so loud when you've got a grand in your back pocket, do they? No, exactly. And it is, and this is coming into like the social media world a lot more, isn't it? People are pretending. Yeah. I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. Well, actually, you're in debt. Yeah. And it's like... Even though people buy houses, you know, like mortgages and stuff, well, it's still classed as a debt. But it's an asset, isn't it? It, it is an I mean? asset. It accumulates money. Well, you'd hope so. Well. Unless we... Uh, unless something really bad goes. Yeah. <laughs> but even if you buy a house and... It's still got value. The property go, value goes down. The one that you're going to move to is going down yeah, anyway. At the same so time, it, it? only affects you if you're getting off the market. Yeah. Or if you're getting onto it. That's the only time it ever affects you. So when people worry about house prices, yeah, exactly. they're off the res. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about a thing. Because it's, it's the whole market that changes, isn't it? It's yeah. not like, well, this will change and then this will change. It doesn't change at different times. It's just the whole market will change. That's right. So you, so you never you never really worry about that. And if, if you go into recession, you get 0% interest rates. Your mortgage is cheap as chips. Well, yeah. Exactly. Works for me, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and if we turn like, your attention to like your social media and how that's developed in the last say a year and because you've sort of expanded away from like just putting your building work on there and stuff like you've got Shedder's Kitchen yeah uh, which even though it's not like related to your construction indirectly it is because actually socially in the in the media world that's acceptable isn't it like because it's funny yeah and it, people just have a laugh with it and it, it raises awareness of your business indirectly doesn't it so that all came about all the way that I do social media now came about purely by accident. Yeah. Um, so I used to be quite professional with social media, try and keep my Facebook page really professional. You know, like I say, dress professional, do everything like everyone else and be this wonderful Not superhero businessman that everyone thought was amazing and all this rubbish. Yeah. What a load of crap. Yeah. You know? Because people don't notice it. Who was that guy? Nothing, is it? 
people don't notice it. And it's like when people say, oh, well, you're being unprofessional. Actually, like, if you look at the social media world, you know, there's no sort of thing as bad marketing. You know, if you do a good job, you do a good job at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how it gets done. That's it. The worker speaks so, for itself. Yeah, and it, it's like we said the other day, it's like you don't have to like the people you do business with. No. Just as long as they do a good job, you're not that's ever... That's it. They can be exactly. the biggest arsehole ever. Yeah. But as long as they do a good job, you know yeah, you'll yeah, still yeah. use them. That's it. Yeah, definitely. But the Shazza's Kitchen, basically, I was um, I was cooking some bacon for me, George, and Brandon, and I was having a bit of a laugh. I wasn't aware that Brandon was actually filming me yeah. at the time. And... Um, I think he filmed it and showed some of his mates or something or whatever. And people thought it was hilarious and people were asking me to do it again and whatever. Uh, so we banged it on the Facebook page, just to test the waters. And like, say we put a picture of one of our jobs up, it might get 30 likes, something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. The first Shazzy's Kitchen was like 300 yeah, likes yeah, yeah. and like loads of views and everything like this. And I thought, wait, this is on the building page yeah. and people were still liking it. So the people that were there to see my other content yeah. were liking this more. Yeah, exactly. It was engaging them. And what was happening, because it was getting more engaged and it was linked to my website and my Twitter and things like this and all these movies. Yeah, yeah, I was flying up Google rankings. I went not well, yeah. when I was flying up there. And you got to look at the algorithm that Facebook and you know Twitter and Instagram are doing. If you like a page, it will show you more of that page yes, because you've already. So you only need to get that initial like. Well, I'll show more of that because they're actually liking it, and it's it's the AI intelligence around the algorithms and stuff like that that they learn. They show you what you want to look that you like. Basically, if you like a certain page, it will show you more of it. Yeah, but everybody knows that. I don't know why people don't do it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's well, how... then if, if everybody did it, it wouldn't be as popular, would it? Because everybody would be, you wouldn't be different. I don't know, I else. think it'd be amazing. Do you reckon? Because everybody would be their own personal self, wouldn't they? Well, yeah. Everybody... Well, yeah, it is that, isn't it? And that's what I started to be. I, I thought... mean, I've seen your dance moves on Facebook. Mate, they're great, isn't they? I know, yeah. Hey, Doing the plaster at the I same can, time. I can cut some shapes. <laughs> <laughs> cut some shapes. But I just totally, at that point, I thought, what? I don't need to be this big clown. I don't need to not be myself. My personality is selling my business better than what being some professional, the professional, a professional person would ever be. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a big slow problem. At the end of the day, it's what you call professional at the end of the day, isn't it? Doing a good job. You're hired to do a building job. So actually getting a building job done is yeah. professional. Doesn't matter if you turn up in a... So if you want to go to the extreme... Maybe you should turn up in a suit every time you do a quote. Yeah. You want to be to the extreme of professionalism, isn't it? But professionally, it's just down to the person that you buy, that's buying the stuff off you. Yeah. And the other thing was, you know, when I was dressing in a suit, we did this job out in Derby. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to mention the customer names, obviously, but they were very professional people. And I really didn't enjoy working for them. You didn't feel like you could have a laugh. You didn't feel, you felt like you got to be, you know, strict all the time. You got to be a certain way. Yeah. Although, by the end of the job, we got on ever so well. It was brilliant. But to begin with, they were very, very professional, you know, high up, yeah. you know, money clients. And um, I really didn't enjoy it. And I started to think, as we got exceptionally busy as a company, I thought, well, I don't even need any more work. I don't want any more work. Oh, yeah. So why even try and bother? So I've just dicked about with social media and started to just have fun. Yeah. And I think... 
obviously one that did is great for Google and our website and bringing people in to, to see our work because yeah. once they're engaged with our stupid content they were there actually they seeing what we could really do yeah, yeah, exactly. and, um, and that was the thing being stupid well just being myself well your personality is a bit out there isn't it well, a yeah. bit wacky and a bit well, weird. I've always been in bands and rock bands and things yeah. like that. I've always been a front man. And so I've always been an entertainer. Yeah. Always. I've always wanted to be the centre of attention. Yeah. So it's kind of like what comes natural to me. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have to be, it's never planned. We don't sit down and like plan all this out. A shows his kitchen is never planned. I just literally start doing things and people film it. Yeah. And that, that's where we go with it. And that's that's how things go. I mean, we, we make it up as we go along. Yeah, exactly. And then that's the thing. When people start planning content and stuff like that, it just becomes too staged. It doesn't really engage with people, yeah. does it? So, uh, it, and also we're going to talk about, you know, you giving back to the community. So, obviously, you, you've like sponsored two clubs recently, haven't you? So three, got, three now. Three now. What's the third one? Uh, Gresley under-16s. Gresley Rovers under-16s. Yeah. Um... I've got to pay them, actually. You've got to pay them, actually. <laughs> I think they'll be knocking on your door, saying. They'll be knocking on your door, yeah. So I've got to pay I'll, I'll remember if not, I need to do that. Uh, all right, so I might not be a sponsor to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to do that. Um, but we sponsored Swanlingcoat Netball, Ladies Netball. Yeah, Swanlingcoat Swifts. Yeah, Swanlingcoat Swifts. And they did well in the last year, didn't they? The they've done really well, yeah. yeah. They're, they're brilliant. But... And so they're looking for new players at the minute, by the way. Let's drop this in there. Yeah, they're looking for new <laughs> players. So you need to get down there to my wonderful Swelling Co. Ladies Netball. Um, either get in touch with Chris or find my page and get in touch with me and we'll give you some details of that. Yeah. So yeah, the Swiss and Donna Sort now. Yeah, Donna Sort now. Uh, who are a growing club, aren't we? Because we already did. The, I did the podcast with them the other day, and they're a club that wants to go places, and it just yeah. need a bit of help moving forward, don't they? So, I mean, growing up around that area, I've sort of got a sentimental sort of spot for the club, yeah. Which is really why I sponsored them. Yeah. It had nothing to do with anything. So I knew well, nothing no, about exactly. the club. It was just because it was my home territory, and they needed a sponsor. Yeah. And and they need a Saturday team, don't they? Really? Yeah. So, Instead of Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that's where that came about. So the idea of sponsoring teams, because... Because the ROI on sponsoring a team is it's not rubbish. great. It's yeah, rubbish. yeah, yeah. So when clubs are asking for sponsorships, really, it's like you get advertising for how many people actually look at the shirts or anything like that for the sponsor, unless the club... I mean, like, the clubs that I looked at sponsoring, and I have done in the past with different clubs, it's like, oh, you've got to mention me, because otherwise I don't get any recognition. So me sponsoring you 600, 500 quid, I'm not getting any return on it, exactly. apart from it's on your bank, unless some of your players come and see me as like... Exactly. So jobs off. basically, if, if you're at a stage where you're starting your business and you're looking at advertising, do not sponsor a team, because you will not get any return off it at all. The one thing I will say, if you're ever going to spend any money at the minute coming into business, only spend it on internet-based things. Don't spend it on... Leaflets, papers, leaflets, don't bother with any of that crap, it just goes in the bin. Only spend it on internet-based things. Now, if you don't know how to use the internet, go to somebody that does. Go to Yellow Pages or Thompson's or something like that that can get you out there. Um, a reputable company, and they'll make your website and everything. If you do know how to use the internet, then get yourself a mint website built. You, your website is your your 
your portfolio at the end of the day. So your website has to be absolutely banging. I've got a guy called Jack from Social Spires to make mine. And yeah. I, I have to say, my website is probably better than any other builders I've ever seen in my life. Well, it is because I've, I've had a gander on it. Yeah. And it's, it's more interactive and it shows you everything that you can do and there's new stuff that's going on there. Uh, and it, the, the thing is with websites and stuff, if you don't show up on the first page of Google, you're sort of much dead, aren't you? So dead in the water. Yeah. Unless you're getting your social media pages to yeah. forward the, the traffic through. Exactly. And that's where it comes in because social media is there as a forwarder to your website, ideally. You know, if you want to have a look on like Ben Sheriff's Construction and you want to see all that he does, then normally you'll go, oh, well, I like that. I'll click through to his website and have a look at everything else that he does. That's right. You, you got it, Chris. Exactly, because... Your website, you can bang the most amazing website out there, yeah. but nobody will ever click on it other than you. You'll click on it to look at it. You might look how many views you've got, and you've still got the only your clicks. Now, the idea is you've got to funnel that traffic to your website. So your portfolio needs to be seen by people. You have to get those people. That's where Shez's Kitchen comes in. Shez's yeah. Kitchen captures the audience. The audience goes to the website, sees the portfolio of the actual series stuff, then they pick up the phone. Yeah. And that's all Shez's Kitchen and the other silly videos are. They're a sales funnel. And I, I've suffered a lot of uh, hate, actually, for my well, um, ridiculous videos. I've not recently. Well, you, you get hate. You get hate with anything, really. And if, you know, I'll have to send you a, a, an Instagram post which was about leadership and about being different. If you put yourself out there, you've got to sort of be willing to get the hate, really. Yeah, yeah. People's always got an opinion. Definitely. Some people hate you, some people don't. Some people... You know, they'll give opinions on the internet, but they won't give it to your face. Yeah. So whatever you do. And the, and the thing is, when you get more successful, people, people aren't always going to be happy for you. No. There's always going to be that jealousy, a, a, a bit of it, isn't it? Definitely. So, I think, Chris, you probably found when you first start out, everybody in the world wants to help you right now. Oh, yeah. Everybody will sing your name. Uh, yeah, every yeah. friend and family and everything is helping you. As soon as you start to look like you're swimming on your own, mate, yeah. they rip the armbands off yeah. fast. And they won't. They won't scream your name anymore because they get jealous. And oh no, of course they do. Or you get people that want to work for you, and then they think they can do it better on their own, and then off they go. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you think, well, I've invested that time. But the whole thing is that you don't hold grudges and you you keep moving forward. Oh yeah, definitely. At the end of the day, you're still better than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to have that opinion about yourself. And you know what? I, as a tradesman, I do not believe that I am better than anyone else. Right? What? Not even in the quality of work. That you do. No, no. There, there is. Like 99% of tradesmen do an absolute banging job. Yeah. There are loads of brickies out there better than me. There's loads of carpenters out there better than me. Loads of plasterers out there better than me. There's a few worse than me that I could mention. <laughs> but, um, and along with the other trades, but I do a pretty good job yeah. and, you know, I treat my clients right and I've got lads on my team that are very highly skilled in certain areas. Yeah. I've bought in those skills, like I mentioned earlier, I've yeah, bought in them skills that I've needed to make sure we can maintain an exceptional finish. And that that's sort of the, the way you have to do it. I would say the worst thing with tradesmen is they're not always best at getting back with the quotes. No. <laughs> or the paperwork side of things. No, because essentially, <laughs> we, we, do a, we do a practical job, don't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and a lot of us have fell into the trade, um, and it's unfairly given sort of a bad rep in it, a tradesman. Yeah. So I trained for five years to do to do my job, right? Yeah. So if you were going to be a doctor or a nurse or something, you train for five years to do their job. 
But if I tell you I'm charging you £25 an hour, by the way, that's what I charge in my competitors, £25 an hour, I know yeah. you've all been trying to find out. 25, <laughs> £25 an hour, that's what I charge, I yeah. think that's fair. But I say that to some people, like, what? For a bricklayer? I'm like, well, you'd pay a doctor £25 an hour to save your life, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've done the same amount of training, haven't we? And I've got a degree. Yeah. I've got a MVQ, level yeah, yeah, three, exactly. and a degree. The thing is, you're paying for quality at the end of the day. So, like, same as in the PT world, I know PTs that are doing it £10 an hour. Yeah. £10 an hour is like, well, you're, you're either struggling or you're starting off. I mean, yeah. I would never, all, all I ever did, I used to give away free sessions quite a lot. I mean, I did learn, I used to do discount pricing when the first year of doing it. I used to say, these are my prices, but then I drop the prices down to get work in. But actually, I don't think you should ever discount the price. I think it should just be, well, you can have this one for free. That's your taster. That's what you can get. And then this is the charges. Because actually, they're buying you as a person, aren't they? They're not really buying the service as such. Well, yeah. And also, like that £10 now, whatever, you've got your costs come out of that. Yeah, you've got your insurance. You've got your van insurance. So I'm not earning £25 an hour. Yeah, By yeah, the yeah. time it's finished, I'm probably earning about 15 17 something like that, when you you equate it. And it, it like, because it's your company, it's your risk. Yeah. It's always your risk. So, you know, you've got to weigh that out with uh, how much you charge and stuff like that. Where if something goes wrong, I've got to pay out for it. Yeah. Because I've already given them a quote in. Uh, so, you know, there's always that element of risk and financial risk if something will go wrong. And then you've got to pay all your, your builders and your, your tradesmen that you've got underneath you, haven't you? So. Yeah, you know what? That's the scariest bit. Yeah. Uh, what scares me? What, the money that comes in and you're thinking, can I pay out at the end of the week? Yeah, I mean, even when we've been on like massive jobs, we've, we've had clients that have dragged us out for payments for months. Like, we're talking 30, 40 grand dragging it out for months. Yeah. Because they think we're millionaires, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They Builders th- living at large. They don't come <laughs> and see my little two-bed semi on Sorrel Drive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They don't see that. They think I'm in some five-bed nice yeah. house with, like, ten Mercedes outside. But that ain't the truth. But, you know, like, I, I listen to a lot, quite a lot of people like you do, like the motivational speakers, the entrepreneurs and stuff like that. You know, they don't have the flashy lifestyle and stuff when they were building. You know, they just reinvested completely into the company. Yeah. And reinvest and reinvest and reinvest. Uh, and it's like, you know, you learn your trading in your 20s a lot of the time. And then when you get to your 30s, that's when you're starting to build quite a lot. And you're building quite a lot of speed a lot of the time. And in your 40s, you've already probably made your name and you build your reputation. And that's when you start earning, really, is your 40s and 50s is when you start getting that, like, luxurious, a bit of lifestyle, a bit of time back, unless you're still pushing. Yeah. That is so... You know, the, the people that understand the commitment. Like, I, I was talking to someone the other day about the work. I said, what you don't see is, I come and do this hour, and then I've got to do bits at home for you, and then I've got to do this, and then I've got to do that. And it's, it's like, like coming out to do these podcasts, I don't make any money off it. You know, it's just to raise an awareness of what different people do, and it's giving a different side of things. Uh, I think people get judged, you know, oh, you're in that, oh, you must be all right then. Yeah. It's like, well, no, you've got to see the sacrifice and the dedication and, living in the gutter and they're struggling from month to month you know the, the crappy times well the people we're in now doing this aren't we well it is yeah we're in now doing times. this after hours like yeah and it's getting late yeah <laughs> to entertain other people for one but also to put our companies out there and yeah, put ourselves out there do you know what I mean yeah yeah exactly but who else is doing that yeah. Joe Bloggs down the road ain't doing that, but he's moaning when you've got when he's not going to work. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, we don't do the extra, and I think we're marketing now. Marketing is such a hard game. Like, you know, the, 
podcasts, really, they've been around for quite a while. But they're probably not going to hit max capacity for another three or four years. Yeah. You know, because like, we're all on videos at the moment. Everything's about videos, about seeing content and stuff. But our lives are pretty busy. So, we, you know, you're sort of taking that risk is that our lives become too busy to watch video. So then people will listen to podcasts uh, or go to radio stations again. Uh, it goes around in a circle, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right there. And that's one of my biggest fears. Now, at the minute, I would have to say I'm pretty much a marketing genius, right? Uh, yeah, I am. I think I am. At the minute, I could take any company and get their business absolutely flooded yeah. with work. I am a marketing genius in this current But they've climate. got to do it, though, But they? in two years' time, the climate might change. And yeah. I don't think I'm capable of changing that. I've just literally fell on the secret of what's happening now. Yeah. I fell on it yeah. completely by accident. I was never taught it. I fell on it by accident. Now, if that changes in the next two years, yeah. you'll probably see me begging on the street, asking for work. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Because what's working for me now might not work in two years, and I have to think ahead. So I'm making sure I keep that customer base sound. I'm looking after those customers, keep my word of mouth, because it's my work and the quality of my work and how I treat my customers that will carry me through when this little wave of success with them internet marketing goes... And- you know, social media, for people that aren't on it, especially from an advertising platform, they need to be on it because that is a new word of mouth now. Yeah. People communicate on social media. You know, you get put on like, like you've been on like the Dollars Fort page or you can you recommend a builder and stuff. That is a new word of mouth because people go, I oh, know it. Of course, there you, go. Yeah. there you go. There you go. There and it's you easy go. for them to do it. Yeah, because it's one second, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, just tag ben, that. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. The easier you can make it for somebody to, to recommend you. The, the better it is. And then, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's trying to get people to remember you and what you do and stuff like that. So, like, a lot of people know me. It's normally through medical conditions and rehab and stuff like that. It's normally, like, I know for some of the work in the lecture centres that I've done or across the county, it's like the cancer man. It's because like for so long I started pushing cancer rehab and physical activity and stuff and I was the only one doing it in Leicestershire and it was one of the first ones doing it nationally and, and trying to get engaged in, it. in a community venue, working with clients and taking on high risk patients as well as low risk. Uh, and you, you just ended up going out doing all these talks. So I went to the General, I went to the Royal, I went to Burn, I went to uh, Glenfield quite a lot I still go to Glenfield quite a lot but then like the other way I travelled to Northampton to do one for a charity and you know you're getting about a bit uh, do ones in Derby and I've done the one in Luton and stuff like that so yeah you, you can't, can't be a charity first no you can't be a charity because you do quite a bit of charity I, work I, do, I try to do as much charity work as possible now why though why now this is a good why? question right yeah. one question one reason is selfish yeah. Because it makes me look good. It makes me feel good about myself yeah. giving to somebody else. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people do it, though, isn't that's it? That's why a lot of people do it. Yeah. But I'll tell you the biggest thing. I once read a book by a man called Mark Boyle. Yeah. Now, this is a guy that was a really good economist, right? Yeah. And he gave up all his money and went to live without no money for three years. And in this book, he's got this, this is a phrase in it, and it says, what reason do you need to help somebody else other than the fact that they need help. Yeah. And that has been burnt in my brain since I read that yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. And so I always try and give back because we take so much out of the community as businesses. Yeah. You know, all, all the money that we take from the community 
it's when we've got a little bit extra, it's nice to divide that up and send it back yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. the sports club. So I used to have a marketing budget. Now we don't need marketing because we're so busy. Yeah. I give that marketing budget to the clubs. Yeah, yeah, and then my charity work, I try and do as much as possible to help things that I care about. So I'm doing a walk on Friday for Birmingham Children's Hospital with uh, Callum. And you got a Just Giving page for that as well. Yeah, we have got a Just Giving page. Um, I'll show it on Facebook and Ben. Yeah, good lad, good lad, nice one. So we're, we're trying to, we're basically walking 108 miles in 28 hours. Yeah. No sleep, no stopping. It's going to be painful. Now, put this in perspective, right? The world record for it is 24 hours. Yeah. Right? And we are... You're not aiming for that, no? Well, no. I, <laughs> secretly, yeah. in my mind, you know I am. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. It's like, it, look at the clock. But I, I don't want to be off at the start, like, sprinting off and leaving Callum. And yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've got to carry them <laughs> yeah. with you, haven't you? Got, team. That, we're going as a team. <laughs> yeah. So if it means I've got a self sacrifice world record, because me and you both know I've Oh, yeah, exactly. You've got it in the back. I've got it in the back. <laughs> so, depending on how I feel this walk, I might actually, be, being serious, if this walk goes well, next year I'll go for the world record. Yeah. We're, not, we're, go, we're aiming for 28 hours. So the world record is 24. So if this walk goes well next year, I'll I'll do it properly. I'll get the Guinness World Records involved and I'll try and break the world record. Yeah, that'd be cool though, wouldn't it? It would be cool. That'd be a good emotional uh, raise, wouldn't it? How many other people do you know who've got a world record? Well, I don't know anybody actually. No, me neither. <laughs> How cool is that? Hey, let me show you this. How many other people do you know? Lord Benjamin Sheriff. Yeah, change the title to Lord. <laughs> So Why that, did you do that though? Why? Because I knew it would wind people up and get people talking. So it was another little internet Did anybody call you Lord? Um, well, it's on quite a lot of my documents. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so people ring me up, is that Lord Sheriff? Do you fancy being a juker or anything like that? Well, you, you being I think Dan, who works for me, he was going to do it for a laugh as well. So he was going to be Duke Dan Finneran. Because basically you just own a piece of land, don't you? Yeah, it's a load of crap, really. Well, anyway, anybody can call themselves a Lord. Because it's Lord of the Manor, basically. So yeah. Own a square metre of land in some noble land, basically. Yeah. It's all a load of crap. It was done. For, <laughs> it was done for a bit of fun to yeah. wind up certain people. I won't. I won't disclose. <laughs> One or two of them are other builders, but I knew it would irritate them because yeah. my social media was really starting to irritate them. They were leaving little comments on online and things like that, and I could see them um, sort of leaving comments here and there. So I thought this is going to wind people up to the max. Got them talking now, didn't it? Well, that's it. Got them talking. There's no such thing as bad publicity, Chris. Well, there is. To a certain, it depends how extreme. Right, Donald is. Trump. Well, Donald Trump hasn't. Well, Come on. Yeah, but he hasn't been a paedophile or anything like that, is he? Well, okay, yeah. right. So there, there is okay, like okay, there is a little bit extreme. Donald Trump, you know, he's he's just on his own. Isn't he? He's in a world on his own, and he's. But the, if you look at what he's actually achieved in his life... Time, he's done very well. He's done very well. You can call him whatever you want. Yeah. But actually, think, huh? he made his name so big and so marketable and so financially resilient that it could not fail. I mean, he went to like nearly go bankrupt, but then he got bailed out by investors. Yeah. Because, you know, when you've got stuff like Trump Towers, all the assets, just named him Trump something. Yeah. You know, his name just become so powerful that he couldn't really it, do it. It's absolutely brilliant. And I, the I, ultimate personal branding, I love it. it. And you, you see people like, I follow Gary Vee a lot, and he does a lot of personal branding, but mm. actually, like, Trump really started the personal branding thing just by calling everything under his own name. 
And it, it just stays in your head, doesn't it? Now, now he's the president, and he's like making loads of different uh, stuff up. But it, what he said in his like run up to be presidency, he's actually following through with a lot of it. So you know, there's some things where you can't really be upset because he already said he was going to do it. Uh, well, you got to admire the guy. It's definitely you know, there. Yeah, I mean, people say about me, they might say the guy's an absolute idiot. Is a complete. Yeah, I won't, I won't say that on your, on your podcast. Yeah. Right? They'll, they'll say a lot of things, but you know what they won't say? They won't say I'm a crap builder. They'll always no, say, no. but I'll tell you what, he's a good tradesman. Yeah. He's a good tradesman, though. He's a good tradesman. <laughs> they'll, you're a good tradesman, but you're an absolute... Well, yeah, I am. But you know what? I'm a marketing genius as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What, like the, the football. Yeah. From Page Burton Mail. Well, yeah, Page did, yeah, yeah. Eh? Yeah. As if... And people think that happened by accident. That was planned. We parked the van outside the Burton Mail headquarters, for God's sake. Yeah. And did it all. It was an absolute dream. I worked like an absolute dream. One of my best marketing employees. Yeah. yeah. You can't even buy a front page on the Burton Mail. That's how good that was. You can't advertise. Like, as big as did you get done. any work off the back of that? I don't know. We got people talking. You got people talking, didn't you? You got you people talking. And, and that's that's the thing that you got to aim for is to try yeah. and be in the front of people's minds, isn't it? Well, so when something happens, it's the funnel, isn't it? It's the yeah. funnel to the website where the serious stuff happens. Yeah. It's my sales funnel. Being an idiot, it's the sales funnel to the serious stuff. That's that's the stop block that they hit where they say, oh, actually, it's good trades me, you know. What about when you put on? I mean, because you told me that before anyway, around your turnover, and then yeah. you put it on social media, and what you you wanted to do? Yeah. One, I tell you, there's. A real reason behind that. Because you want to wind people up. I want to wind people up, <laughs> which is one thing I really like doing. Yeah. Because when I, when I say I'm going to do something, people don't take me seriously. Yeah. So. That gets you back up in the first place. It gets me back up. drives you harder. I'm the guy that goes out and just proves you wrong. Yeah. That's what I do. That's, that's what I like doing. I like yeah, giving yeah. people wrong. The best motivational speaker you give me is to tell me I can't do something. Yeah, exactly. Because I'll just destroy it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. Unless it's like football, some crap at football. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, there's hard work and there's talent, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know... You need a combination of the two. Yeah. But you look at some of the top footballers, they weren't always the best, like, growing up. So some of the best kids that you knew when you were, like, younger, they didn't actually make it because they were already good. So they didn't really work as hard. Whereas the ones that were just below that, that tried to be the best constantly, they worked really hard, they did the grind, they put the work in, and then they made it in the end. Yeah. And he thought, you've got to have people better than you. You've got to have people better Oh, yeah, better definitely. Than you. There's always someone better than yeah. you. All the time. Yeah. And that's what I do do quite a bit. Of, I don't mean, I don't do it so much now, but when I was younger, well, when I first started, did a lot of market research. And as some people I recognised a couple of years ago that I went, uh, sent a fake email address, sent a fake person out, and I just went, uh, so I'm a bloke 58 years old and uh, I'm overweight and I've got this and I've got this. Uh, can you let me know your prices and uh, what you do? So they just basically told you everything they do because they wanted the work and uh, how much they charge. So, you know, that's how I do my market research and could just went to NASA and create a fake profile. Yeah. Market research is brilliant. So I probably like more building profiles yeah, yeah, exactly. on Facebook and things than anybody that's actually looking to have an extension. Yeah. I'm seeing what they're doing and I'm like, oh, they're personal. That's good. Yeah. I'll steal that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a stealing game, though, isn't it? Of course it it's is. It's a stealing game. Well, you learn from others. How did you yeah. learn to talk? You copied someone else, didn't well, you? Yeah, exactly. Same How did you learn to run? Like yeah. You copied someone else. Yeah. We're all copying. You learn. You learn. That's what you do. Yeah. And yeah. I think people don't put enough attention, especially around asking. Like, if you know something better than me, you know, I just ask you, can you just show me that? Yeah, yeah. And that, that is the best thing. Yeah. You're, say, if I want to do something, 
I will find somebody, I mean, I'll go on a forum and say, look, I've got this problem, can you help? Yeah. Somebody who knows more about it than me will come back with an answer because they, lots of oh, people yeah. just like to help for the yeah. sake of it. Or I might call my mate who, who knows about it. Yeah. And then rather than just do it, I'll be like, well, can you show me how to do it? So yeah. I can do it myself next time. Yeah, exactly. Constant learning. Always read a book. Read a book a week. Always. Yeah. Unless you don't like reading. Unless you don't like reading, read audio, listen to all audio books. That's what I do. Yeah. My English is terrible. Mm. Right? Really bad. Really, really bad. I can't spell. Um, so, my reading's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, big words and no go. So, I listen to audio books. And the beauty of that is, I can have my audio book play on the radio while I'm working. So, I'm working, I'm earning money and I'm learning at the same time. Yeah, exactly. You're picking up the it's so while you're at the gym, rather than listening to some crappy 90s tunes. Well, no, 90s is the best. I didn't say I didn't say that. Uh, Nor- Naughty tunes, right? Yeah. You could be listening to Elon Musk. You could be listening to um, I don't know any anybody yeah, anybody, anybody in the world. You could be listening to Gandhi, right? Yeah. You could be in a room with anyone you want. You could be in a room with Hitler. Yeah. Right, Minecraft. Whatever you want to listen to is there. But all these fantastic people that have been throughout time, Nelson Mandela and all that, you can... They've all got, like, words of wisdom that you can I, I've, I've just like, seen you sat down in a room and just listen to them talk. I can remember, like, I think it was the 90s, but, you know, where people used to listen to stuff in their sleep because mm. subconsciously they might yeah. take stuff in. And I think we're now we're in a society where you just listen to while you work yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I, I know when I'm doing like desk work and stuff, my wife hates me sometimes because I just put motivational stuff on. All yeah, the time, yeah, actually. I do. She goes, it's yeah. almost brainwashing. But it, it, it is meant to be brainwashing to actually push you forward. But some people just see it as a load of crap, don't they? Well, they do. I, do, I see it for exactly what it is. I, I purposely go out to brainwash myself yeah, because yeah. I, I suffer with like a temperament where I'll be like really happy and jolly one minute, the next minute I'm you know, facing the odds of the world and really all, all that's happened yeah. is I've got no Worcestershire sauce but I'm cheese and toast. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm a bit like that. So I brainwash myself daily to be motivated yeah. and to motivate the people around me because I don't want to be that bad apple no, that brings exactly. others down. Do you know what I mean? I want to be there pulling them up. Yeah. And it, that's the thing, is trying to get to that point where you are constantly bringing people up and not tearing them down. But the thing is, it comes down to work and then deadlines and stuff like that. It gets a bit, gets hard to pull people up sometimes when you just need to say, look, this is how it needs to be I don't, I've, I've learned, so I think, I used to be pretty stressed. Yeah. Right? And then I got to a point where I was so stressed, I thought, I can't cope with this anymore. Yeah. And then, now, I've been past that point, I don't care anymore. Not that yeah. I don't care, but I put things in perspective. Yeah. So, when... A customer's having a go at me or something. I'll, put, I'll be polite as hell and, uh, you know, really nice and deal with them professionally. But when I put the phone down, rather than getting upset about it or whatever, I just say to myself, did anyone die? Yeah. And if the answer's no, yeah. then anything can be fixed. Yeah. Anything can be sold. It doesn't matter whether it's about money or, or whatever it is. The only thing that you can't do a lot about most of the time is your health. Yeah. Right? Or, or getting hit by a bus or something like that. So yeah. Unless anyone's, anyone's, <laughs> That's pretty sudden, isn't it? Anyone's health is deteriorating, or you can do a lot about that. So well, if, you, can, if you're smoking, yeah. so I mean that's what you do. That's your that's your so, business, yeah. isn't it? Sorting yeah. idiots like me. It's, it's, uh, I mean a lot of the the things that you're trying to get is making the most of what you've actually got. Yeah. That's what people. It's not about selling like idealistic saying you can do this, you can do that, you can do that. It's about right if you've got this wrong with you, or you've got a cardiac problem or anything like that. Your quality, I mean, I talk about quality of life in my talks quite a lot, and that's what makes me so, like, attractive for people to go to groups and stuff. 
because actually I talk about quality of life and it's not about being superstitious or, or anything like that. And so, you know, like a granddad that uh, I used to train for who, who had multiple cancers, all he wanted to do is pick up his grandson every time he saw him and give him a hug. So for that, for him, was his goal. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about, the quality yeah. of life for making Getting people to their ultimate potential. And also, you don't just deal with like physical health, mental health. No, mental no, health exactly, is a yeah. big issue. Yeah. And it's about getting your potential, your full potential about your mental health as well. Yeah. And that's that's the business game that we, we deal in, yeah. is and mental health. The thing is, with mental health, it's such a long-term game. And that's what people can't get. Mm. You know, when people... So, so I saw it on uh, Good Morning TV, they were all about fat shaming. And then fat shaming, you know, everybody has different personas around it. And they were saying, well, they need to do, the government needs to do more work around... Well, this woman was saying needs to do more work around counselling and stuff. It's like, but do you know how much a counselling session costs? Because really, it's got to be your own responsibility. You can do stuff, you know, like listen to videos and stuff like that to retrain your brain to think in a different way, or you could actually do something about it. I think, you know, society now, especially around uh, weight, we, we're almost saying it's okay to be overweight, but really it's not. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I, I think that is, is, is a big yeah. problem. You know, you have to accept people for who you are, but I think we should be living as healthy as we can. Yeah, yeah. And um, for living as long as we can. Um, life is so precious. The chances of us actually being here on this planet is so remote yeah, of yeah. ever happening again. Well, it won't. That's how remote it is. It will never happen again. It is so insanely remote. Yeah. If, you're, if you're alive, you must appreciate that. Yeah, life. exactly. And we, we were looking at childhood obesity the other day, and I've chatted to someone else. The thing is, that you know, it comes to the stereotype, doesn't it? You look at this, maybe an obese child, overweight child, you look at the parents. They're the same. Your parents aren't in sports. You're not going to be in sports. Like same as you went into building eventually. Your dad was already in building. So yeah. then you sort of idolise your dad because he sort of you idly follow him in and you, you respect him and stuff. So you sort of go into that training. You know, my dad was always in sports. So I did every, I was good at every sport that was going. Like football, rugby, athletics. Uh, and so with my brother, we both went into sports. And that's what you tend to go into. Isn't it? It's what you're sort of uh, your product of your environment well, is growing yeah. up. Your networking's done for you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Your networking, your, your networking, even so much as saying you're networking with food. Yeah. Right. So your networking with fries and burgers and unhealthy stuff is done for you. If your parents are already doing that sort of yeah, stuff, yeah, exactly. you're introduced to that. Nobody's introducing you to the the avocados and salads and things like yeah. this. That networking is not done for you. <laughs> so even as a kid, if you listen to this and you're like six year year old, get networking with some salads. Yeah. Well, I, I've listened to uh, someone the other day and it's like, you know when you've got one negative friend, there's always a, a negative friend in a group, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, uh, or if you're surrounded by negative people, it's like saying, drop that negative friend and we'll find a positive one. Because obviously the positive people will drive you up all the time. You can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Realistically, you can do this and this. This is your timeline. If you're someone like, oh, you, you won't do that. You've always failed at that. Or you won't be able to do that anyway. Uh, or you're thinking, they might go, well, you know, but we've always done this, so we'll just carry on doing this. No, I don't want to do that. And it's like uh, sort of battering you down, isn't it? Isn't there, is, there is that, but you need an element of both. So my mum yeah. will piss on your fire, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> right? It wouldn't matter if I was a billionaire, and I said, mum, wouldn't buy Yeah. She'd be like, what do you want to buy a jet for? What a waste of money, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, mum, it's a jet. I can fly anywhere. Yeah. Like, so I'm doing my flying lessons at the minute. Mum's like, what do you want to do that for? I'd be like, mum, I can fly myself to Spain. Yeah. What more? That's your return on investment, isn't it? But what she doesn't think is, 
I can fly footballers to St George's Park, which is right next to the airfield, and yeah. pick them up. Yeah. She didn't think of that one, did she? But I did. No, no. But she pissed you on that fire straight away. So yeah, she yeah, said yeah. It. But you've got to come around and say, well, I could do this. But I need my mum's negativity because she keeps me grounded. Yeah. Because I, 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 I can be in the clouds. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Great one, that is, Chris. Yeah. I can be in the clouds sometimes and I look at things, can look at things from one perspective. Because I've generated some success, sometimes I think my ideas are invincible. Yeah. And I've done different businesses that have, while I've been doing this, I haven't yeah. particularly took off well or done done so well. And is that because you haven't invested the time as well? Well, it is. It is a lot that I haven't really got time. so much time. Too. You have only got so much time. So I'm looking at bringing people on board. Like we were discussing the other yeah. week. I'm looking at bringing our people on board with me now that perhaps can help spare some of their time. So together, yeah, yeah. Um, we we can make a successful business because there's other guys out there. Like I mean, even in the building trade, um, it might be. It doesn't particularly have to be a trade-related thing that I'll do next. But um, there's guys out there like me that they're working their arse off, they've seen some relative success, want to try something else, but they just haven't got the full time to dedicate. But yeah. we put ourselves together, we might be able to scrub another business out of it and become successful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the kind of idea behind that. And it's all about looking at the different reinvestments, isn't it? So, and looking at opportunity. He's trying to see the opportunity through the, the grey clouds, isn't it? Yeah. I think... Um, and it's that realism that nothing happens overnight. Because you've already done the grunt work with your one business, haven't you? So you actually know what it actually takes to actually grow another one and grow another one. Yeah, there is that a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is you must always eat the ugliest frog. Yeah. Right? So when you've got a bunch of jobs to do... Where, what saying does that come from? The ugliest frog. The, yeah. Always eat the ugliest frog. I think it's from a book. Brian Tracy, uh, eat that frog, actually. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Brian Tracy, eat that frog. That's where I learned it from. That's a good book. Yeah. Um, so it's um, about getting things done, that book. And he's, but I use it on a perspective for a lot of things, but if something looks horrible and you really don't want to do it and you point it off, that's the thing you do first. first. Yeah, right? Because after that, it's a downhill. You're going down. Yeah, you're you, you, you rolling. So I always, in life, whatever it is, with the business, with um, relationships with people, I will address the biggest, ugliest frog, the elephant in the room, yeah. all the time. It sometimes makes me look a bit heartless. It sometimes makes me come across as a bit of a, you know what? Arse. Yeah. But <laughs> I get it off my chest. And then move forward. I'm not a nice, nice person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a nice person, but I won't be... To get on with. I don't just... I don't just hide things and put rose tinted spectacles on. If something's going wrong, I will address it straight away. Yeah. Because... Because that book told me to eat. Because <laughs> that book told me I'm doing this now. Well, it, funny enough, it was actually Brian Tracy was the first motivational speaker I ever heard. Yeah. So when I was going through a bit of a rough patch at the college and things like that, um, my friend Kapowski, he gave me a CD and he said, "You listen to this." He says, "You listen to it, all of it, all the way through." He says, "Just once." He says, "And that's all you've got to do." Yeah. So just promise me you'll do that, and I did, and it was. The secrets and success of self-made millionaires. And a lot of the truths that Brian Tracy was saying on that, I could see in myself. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. You're right about that. You're right about that. And uh, that's what engaged me into the motivational stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I got into finding these books and, and 
you know, whatever. And what really drove me into Les, I mean, Les Brown is my real dad. Well, yeah. I mean, you can tell. I I, I listen to a lot of his stuff. Because uh, he, he speaks a lot of sense in the, in the stuff that you need to do and what you want to do and, and stuff like that. And he's trying to get you out of your own rut, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and it's always easier when they've had such a sob story as well, isn't it? Well, a lot of them have got sob stories, haven't they? It's along some way about rough upbringing or they've had something happen to them along the way. P- people think we're mad like with this motivational stuff, right? Brainwashing ourselves. But oh, people yeah. who are doing it with religion for years and years and years. Oh, and this, is, this is just what's replacing it. Not that they regret it, but what I'm saying is they they got their motivation from their faith that God would help them through, that he would carry them and that's yeah. that's where that motivation come, right? They put their faith in God and we're sort of putting our faith in ourselves in yeah. a different way because we don't particularly believe in this end. Well, I'm... Because I'm, you control your own life, don't you? Yeah. So you've got to have faith in yourself and you've got to rely on yourself and that. I hate it when it gets to a blame game. You know, like you go to a place and well, he did this and she did that. That's fine. Well, it doesn't really matter who did what. You've still, got to, you've still got to solve the issue anyway. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to come together and get together. You can't look at the problem, can you? No. Because it will still be there. You and it will swallow you up eventually. If you yeah. keep looking at it long enough, you'll go... <laughs> you don't look at problems, look at solutions. Yeah. What I always say to lads, I say, lads, don't call me with the problem. Call me with... Call me, say, we've got this problem, but these are the suggested solutions. Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. And then I'll pick one. But normally they won't even... I haven't got either, time to go out there and come up with a solution <laughs> for them... So that they can carry on. Yeah. No, you ring me with the solutions. I'll pick one. If I don't like any of them, I'll come out there and give you a solution. Yeah. And that's how we work now. Well, that's we don't have problems. We have solutions. I say that to the customers. I say, look, there are problems. We have solutions. That's how we work. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like some people focus too much on the problem, and it's just like it doesn't actually get anywhere. No. We can still have You still be looking at the problem. It's like, well, I'm not bothered about that. I just want to know how you're going to fix it. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, that's the 12th episode of our uh, podcast today. Uh, and thank you for Ben to come in uh, going on it. Hey, we're a for rambling on, Les, as always. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ben's on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. So what are they, Ben? I am. Um, I think on Twitter, I'm... Mr. Sheriff. Mr. Underscore Sheriff. Yeah. Um, I think I'm the same on Instagram. Yeah. And Facebook... You'll never find my personal Facebook. It's hidden. We should have anyway, should have. Um, but if you want to add me, I add everyone on Ben Sheriff. So if you search yeah. for Ben Sheriff, that's Sheriff with two R's and two F's. But please, if you're easily offended, or your plasterer, don't add me. And also, you know, if you want to look on Ben's uh, construction work that he does, because he loves the challenge. So if you've got any massive projects or big projects that you're thinking, oh, who's the right person to do, obviously you approach Ben because with the positive mindset and overcoming troubles and trying to come around any sort of uh, issues that you you may have, he's always got full of ideas to actually overcome it and work towards it. And he loves like them one-off challenges, you know, like the grand design stuff, Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're currently um, in talks doing a, a seven-bedroom mansion with a swimming pool, all contemporary stuff like that. We've done another contemporary job in Ashby for some lovely customers. Um, last year, that was beautiful, all like grand design sort yeah. of style. So, yeah, I'm, I'm up for challenge. We, we'll do anything. Yeah. If, if somebody just wants their, their tap fixing... You still do that as well, We still do that as well. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of us now, so there's a lot of us to go out and fix taps and stuff. It yeah. may not always be me. Can't guarantee it'll always be me coming, but... I can guarantee the workflow will be top notch. Yeah, exactly. It don't matter whether you want a tap fixing, you want a driveway, a patio, if you want an extension, if you want an asset conversion, whatever you want, we can do it. Unless it's gas or electrics, 
get somebody else to do it. Because we don't do gas and electrics. Uh, so that's our 12th episode of the Morby Download. Uh, the next episode that we've got coming up, uh, got Rachel from Grace Dew uh, Netball Club on Thursday. Uh, so stay tuned and going on. Uh, me and Ben will turn up to the netball match <laughs> between the two. Uh, and we'll see how it gets on. All right, take care, guys. See you later. Bye-bye.